you. Without further ado, I want to uh, invite uh, and welcome onto the show Akona Makalima, the she ref. Akona, it's been a while. A warm welcome to the show. Thank you so very much. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Um, Good to be back on Touchline. How have you been? <laughs> I'm always good. Thank you so much. It's a different Touchline for you this time, right? How have you survived 72 days in to a lockdown? My goodness, it has been very tricky. It has been very demanding. It has been very uh, stressful. Mm-hmm. But I've been keeping myself busy, keeping myself training, um, recapping on the laws of the game, mm-hmm. getting my clips every day Um, so we've been doing that I've been training um, been receiving training from CAF and also clips from CAF Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah we've been keeping busy even though it was stressful being indoors without football and all yeah it is stressful right I'm I'm, I'm waiting for that moment (laughs) when football is back and you just realize the things that you take for granted but Akona we've got to talk about your your handles your social media handles you have used it you've used it wisely over the last two months as well because you've gone ahead you've shared how to keep fit how you keep fit what you do, and then also just to conscientize the world and the people around you and the people who follow you as to how to take care. Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, now I can hear you. Yes, Wonderful. Hey? I'm saying your social media handles. You have gone ahead on there and you've used it rather wisely um, to, to teach people about COVID-19, to share, no. but more importantly, just to share how it is that you keep fit. Um, so, <laughs> so I have my few set of trainings that I do uh, just to help those that are in a, not in a position to help themselves or they don't, they want to be active, but they don't know how to do it. Mm. So I'll basically do my training. When I finish, I also like try and show people what I've been doing in the training. Um, if I want to do maybe some cardio, what can you do? Injury prevention and mm-hmm. all and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And also I've been um, trying to send videos throughout my social media yeah. to teach people and uh, just to urge people to to stay home, follow the restrictions. And also, I realized that I do have people that follow me um, on social media that are coming from the rural area, rural areas and informal segments. Some of them, they might not get the message direct when we speak in English. Uh-huh. So I decided that, you know what, let me just transfer, let me just translate at the message in my language. Um, maybe somebody can, can hear it or I can maybe save a soul and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Why did you, why did you take that responsibility on yourself um, to, to educate you know what, Romy, I saw Woody, um, people are dying and we are still taking this thing as a joke. And I know that sometimes when we are in the public space, people are watching our things. So if we lead by example and make exactly what, and do exactly what uh, the authorities, the government is saying, and also we help the government to send the message, I believe that we, are, we need to be the voice. Uh, we also need to practice what the government is saying. Mm. So that is why I decided, you know what, at least if I do this, somebody else might see it or somebody that is following me or other people are just not taking it serious. If I take it serious, maybe somebody else can also take it serious. And unfortunately, we've been joking around and people were sending in like messages that uh, are not even uh, reg- uh, that are not even verified. So I was trying to guard against that. People, let's not send information that is not mm. verified. Mm. So I say, 
we must mm. use this, we must not use this. And when they say we must social distance, the truth is people are dying. We've seen it. Yeah. So I think people had a point where they felt that, okay, no, it's something that is happening in USA. It's something that is happening in Italy. Uh, it's not going to come close. It's not going to come to South Africa. But when it's here, people that they know, I know that I have at least few people know me. So when I'm going to use my name, when I'm going to put myself out there and say, guys, this thing is real. Yeah. This is what we need to do. And this is how we can do to help the, the government to spread, mm. to, to avoid the spread of the disease. Probably, I, I, I'm very happy because I saw a lot of people um, commenting on, on, on my Facebook yes, page. Yes, because I was going to say, what, what was the feedback like? Yeah, the feedback was very impressive. I was very happy that people were now taking this thing serious and others were like, thank you so much for translating this information in, in, in our language. Mm. At least we can also send it to, to other people. So it was very good. I, I, I was happy. I was happy. I'm very happy. I'm happy that you took that onus on yourself in order to say, what part do I play in this? Because it's one thing to keep to yourself and be a silo or be an island. It's another Mm. to take up that responsibility, especially being a role model and the person that you are with the status that you do hold. I'm going to go to a very quick ad break, Akona. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that red outfit that you have on, (laughs) on your Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> don't go anywhere don't go anywhere 19 minutes after 4 o'clock you are on the touchline with me Romy Titus my guest and needs no introduction she's a friend of the show and it is none other than hi my name is Akona Makalima the she ref you are on the touchline with Romy Titus on Radio 2000 that is who my guest is and she is on the line we're talking about a bright red outfit that she had on the other day <laughs> <laughs> You've got to tell me about that outfit, man, because Rami, as I was what? going through, I was like, Rami, yo. What is it? What is it? <laughs> and the you comments know, there on the outfit and everything was, ma- I think there was even a handbag, right? <laughs> it was, hey, a corner, you everything know. Everything was red. Maybe I, or maybe I was I was missing dishing red cards, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's Victor Gomes. That's Victor Gomes. That's you know. It was one of those days where you wake up, you feel like, you know what, I'm not going anywhere, but I don't have to have a reason to dress up. Mm. Let me just dress up and look good and feel good. Yeah, red is my favorite color. I ah, love red. I love okay. red. So I was like, oh, let me rock this. Hey, and you <laughs> yeah. were rocking it, man. You were rocking that <laughs> outfit. But you Thank actually... You. You're actually quite a girly girl. As much as you love football and you find yourself within that realm, and it seems like it's tomboyish, but you're actually (laughs) not. You are a girly girl through and through. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) You saw that everything was just red in the picture. Yeah, everything was red. Thank you. How did you fall in love? For those of us who don't know who Akona Makalima is, how did football introduce itself to you? Uh, Romy, I'm coming from, okay, I'm not really coming from a football community. I'm coming from a rugby community. Mm. So, because I'm left-handed, so when they saw me playing, I used to play rugby. So when they saw me playing um, um, rugby, somebody said, yeah, we need a left-handed, we need a left, somebody who's left-handed that's going to play left back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't know if I'm going to play football, but the first time I played football, I was like, yes, I'm choosing this one. I'm choosing this one. I'm not going to play rugby anymore. So I started playing football and the rest is history. Where were you, you know, when all of this happened and how old were you? I started playing football, I think I was, 
I think I was four, 13. I think I was 13 when I started playing football mm-hmm. um, in Namakwe, original where I'm born and bred. Um, and then I moved and played in Queenstown. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I played like most of my days in, okay. in, in, in football. So I played football for like good 11 years before I stopped and decided, you know what, I'm going to start refereeing. Why go in that direction? Because often you'll hear uh, women talk about taking up the sport and then wanting to take it to its highest level, like playing for the national team. But where did that diversion happen where you actually went into refereeing? You know, when I finished college, um, when I finished college, it was like, okay, now I'm old. I'm looking for, I'm looking for a job, and I'm not gonna play for the national team anymore because, you know, in the Eastern Cape, we, need, we never had like a development, women development when it comes to football, mm. and it was not that that really popular. So for me to make it in the national team, I would have to move to Joburg or I would have to move to Durban or Cape Town so that I can get like good competition. And unfortunately, at that time, one, my parents did not believe that I need to play football. They wanted yeah. me to go to school. So my mother was always against um, football. So it was not going to be a choice that, you know what, I want to go to to Joburg, for instance, because I want to play sport, I want to play soccer. So I really needed to be home, finish my school. And then after finishing school now, it was late for me to say, you know what, I'm going to Joburg. I needed to look for a job. Mm. And when I played in Queenstown, I was like, okay, now I'm old. I'm starting working and I don't want to fall out of soccer. I love sport. I love soccer. And like me, uh, South African Football Association at that time, they were looking for reference. And I was like, okay, my hand is up. But weren't they like, "Mm, we're looking for referees, but we're not quite looking for referees of your gender. (laughs) They were like, no, we're looking for women referees. Oh, wow. Okay, great. They were very specific. Yeah, they were very specific. They went to our team. There was a tournament. We were playing a tournament. I think there were like 10 women playing Mm there, like a soccer tournament. But I think there were two, if not more female teams that were there. So they came to us. I think we were 25. When we, when we started, we were 28 in the mm-hmm, class. Mm-hmm. But we ended up being two in the class. So I took that opportunity and I saw that, okay, this thing is working for me. I need to take it serious. Probably I, I, now I say I wanted to play football and play pro, but that was plan A. And then wrestling came in as plan B, which mm. happened to be my plan A because yeah. plan, B, plan A didn't work out. Mm-hmm. It happened that wrestling was my plan B. And plan B, it becomes plan A. <laughs> so, I, yeah. love, I love the story because what were the odds stacked against you when you say there were 28 women who started and then only two survived in the class at the end of it? So what were the challenges? Or what are the, the challenges? The challenges were that, one, we were dealing with, with men that were not really supporting you guys as females. And three, it was not easy to run the, te- the fitness test. And there was just a lot of criticism, criticism that, hey, you belong in the kitchen, hey, you don't need to be here. And you know in the LSA it's very rough. Mm. In the LSA it can be very mm. rough. So I think ladies were, de- were demolarized and ladies were like, uh, that maybe they were not getting enough support from their regions or maybe from their male counterparts in their areas. But I was fortunate in my region because I had like very good support structure, like a support system from from uh, from my fellow colleagues and the office at large. Our that's good. Our development. Office. So I really had like proper proper support. 
so yeah, that is why it was not that hectic when it comes to the office and yes, yes. My, my my fellow colleagues. I but when it comes to the teams and the spectators, it was hectic. Professionally, <laughs> you had the support. How about your family base who didn't want you to play football? Were they supportive as they saw you grow and being accepted into this role and respected as as a referee? You know what? My mother was a little bit shocked about this. Like, I, I, I think I happened to be some. I, I was this child that was just completely different from the rest. Uh, my sisters never played anything. I'm the only one that would do athletics, that would do almost everything. Mm. So at some point when she stopped me, I remember she started loosening up when I was running. I remember I was running like 200, 200, 100 meters. So when she came to to, to visit me. And people were talking about this girl. Do you see that girl? I think and she runs very fast. And, and then she had, that girl happens to be her daughter. Mm. So she started supporting me from that day. I remember this other time when she came uh, watching me. I was playing football. And basically it was my cousin who, who said to her, come and watch. Uh, let's go and watch it. Then they come to see me. And she was so impressed. From that day, she started supporting me. But wow. for the rest of the other years, she was just not she was just Why? against it. After Why? The, what is it? What is the felt. stigma with women and football <laughs> and our parents who, who are just like, mm-mm, 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 choose something Honestly, else? Honestly, my mother, she felt like, um, okay, I'm going to play football. I think she's going to be lesbian. Mm. I don't want my game. I don't want my daughter to be lesbian. Unfortunately, she didn't have like a lot of information. She was not exposed as I am. She was not, um, she just wanted me to go to school and not to be a lesbian and not to dress like boys and not to dress like this. So she would always say, no, I don't want you to play like this. No, I don't want you to do this. But now when she saw me that, okay, I'm growing and I'm loving this and I'm doing so well in it. The support is endless. That is amazing. What do you love most about being a referee? What I love most about being a referee Look, I get excited when I'm on the touchline and I see you come on. I'm just like, yes, you know, I get excited. (laughs) So what excites you about your job? I think what I love most about my job is that um, I have a voice and I love being in control. I love being, I love, um, I don't know. (laughs) I I, I just love everything about wrestling. I just can't pick up one. Mm. I can't find this very one that okay now do you come alive there are you a different person there what like what feelings what emotions you know come to mind when you think of you just being the ref in in a game i feel like i'm in charge i love being in charge i love being in control (laughs) i love cracking Uh, the wood (laughs) no i love being in charge i love being in control and i the only thing and i think another thing is that it's proving to myself that you know what there's nothing you cannot do when you put your mind into it Mm, um yeah i remember when i when i stopped playing and I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this route. I even had a, a time frame that at this particular time, I want to see myself in the Premier League. And exactly at that particular time, I was in the Premier Soccer League. Mm. So those are the things that sometimes I feel like, you know what, even if like I feel like the world is closing, I always look back and say, you know what, you had a dream and you, this is your goal and you need to make it a point that it happened. 
Yeah, and you made it happen. I mean, I think you're still making your dreams happen as you travel the globe and meet people from all over. What rule? I mean, the rules are forever changing. Um, I can't keep up. I, I really cannot keep up. How do you keep up as a referee where you always have to know the changes in the rules? I mean, we chat to Errol Sweeney from time to time as well as to mm-hmm. just the changes and in, in, in the laws of the game. I mean, it's like one day it's here, the next day it's gone and everything uh-huh. changes. How do you keep on top of it all? You know what? Um, when I started wrestling, I was told that um, it's, it, wrestling is like FIFO. It's either you fit in or you just work off, right? Mm. Um, I'm not going to say the word, the F word. Mm. But when you are a referee, you just need to make it a point that you operate like a computer. You can write a document, read it, and when it's time for you to delete the information, you can just delete everything. So you, you, you read the laws of the game. 2019, 2020, and now when the law changes, you need to delete almost everything about the, the, the new wow. law, about the old law, and apply the new law. So you have to be on that level. But you how do be you? Because yes, you, you have to. Do, if they say now handball is like this, okay, from the shoulder going what going downward, it's a handball. Yeah. You have to delete all the considerations that you know from the previous uh, book, from the previous laws of the 2020 to 2020. Control, alt, delete. Aha, control, delete the old information. And then in with the new information. But then, isn't it hard when you're in the middle of the park, you're trying to apply, and then you're also just like, okay, which one now, which one, which one, which one do I apply? How many rules have changed? No, that's the old one, this is the new one. Because everything (laughs) happens so fast. You know what? Sometimes, one, we go to the workshops, now already we know we, we have the, the, the we have the, the laws of the game 2021 2022 and you'll be going through the changes of the of, of the law right mm-hmm. and then when you go to the workshop you also read the laws and they teach you how to apply the law how to interpret this new law and then you go to the field now there are crucial things that you sometimes you would forget the sanction okay what is this what is this? so you also have your team that okay guys please remind me of this thing mm. so if it happens let's say it's the drop ball Currently now, if it's the drop ball and it happens that it hits you and it changes position, let's say this team was was attacking, and then when it hits you, it goes to the, the defending team. You you as a referee might not see that the position has changed. So now somebody or your assistant referee will tell you that position, then you need to stop and drop the ball. Mm. Right. So you work you 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 guys work together. In, in, in that regard, yeah. and also you, yeah, you have to you have to keep up with the with with the, with, the, with the new law. Like another thing that I do on my games is that I read the law all the day, or every time. So sometimes when I go to, to when, when I'm gonna do my pre-match meeting, I write almost everything that I feel it's crucial, and then I discuss it to my I discuss it with my team. That okay. guys, we need to remember this. Da, da, da. We need to remember this, and then mm. we need to remember this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I mean we go we enjoy football. You have to uphold the the law and the rules of football mm-hmm. as you are in the middle of the park, making sure that it's free and fair. But what what? law would you say is most important to you or is an incident which overshadows every other incident that you take more seriously based on your experience based on my experience is that one Romy it doesn't matter how you do it but your decision must not influence the the, 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 the outcomes of the game mm. so I treat the penalty area like it's a red flag so I need to run there I need to be present there I need to 100% focus there because if I miss a yellow card or if I miss a red card in the pe- 
anything, if I miss it in the penalty area, anything can, can change again. But other than if you, I miss a foul that happened in the center circle, it's completely different than a foul that I missed in the penalty area. So those are the things that, you know what, I take them very seriously. Yeah. I take them, yeah. And the technical area side, I also treat them as uh, the penalty areas. Mm. The reason why is because something might happen right in front of the benches, the mass confrontation, the mass confrontation that is where it sometimes started. Yeah. They always start there. So those two places, I take them very seriously. And I know they're hectic. They're hectic. Mm. I, know. Mm. Very I, hectic. I know it's also a sea <laughs> of testosterone and then you come in with estrogen just to level the planes a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> has there ever been a time where you are not respected? Uh, I know the referee is there and that is who the players need to respect. But we've seen disregard for a referee time and time again. We've seen referees being uh-huh. spat at, being pushed at, being bullied out there. Have you had anything like that happen to you? I am not going to lie and say in the Premier League or in the NFB. I've never had that encounter. I've never encountered that. But in the ABC Mutete, it's mm-hmm. happening, darling. <laughs> it's <laughs> happening. I remember these guys, they wanted to come to me and it was a penalty. And I was like, okay, this is a penalty. Even you go back tomorrow, it's going to be a penalty. Yeah, so I'm not yeah. going to change this. This is the law. And unfortunately, there's nothing I can, I'm going to do. But they never touched me. They were shouting and shouting. And, all that. Okay. and that's when you pulled out your favorite color, right? The and red I, card. So I pull up my card and then I stretch out my hand and say, if you touch my hand, then <laughs> we have a problem. Uh-huh. But so you didn't have a the problem. the first person to touch it, then I have, I have to show you that, okay, you can come, but this is how far you can go. Mm. If you go further than this, then unfortunately we'll have to act. So, is yeah. it, have you ever been afraid? Bellatina, I, I don't want to lie. Hey? Have you ever been afraid? Of a game. Of or... a game, of a team, of a particular team, of being in the middle of the park and knowing yeah. that, look, here is just disregard. I get, mm. I get that all the time. I get never sometimes. I get, you know, oh my God, how am I going to do this game? I remember my game, the sundown, the platinum start. I was so nervous. And I, I remember Chiefs and Bloemfontein Celtic. Mm-hmm. My goodness, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> so there are games like they just be like, okay, these are big teams. Or maybe I get never sometimes and I'm going to do a game that is on TV. Like TV games, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like, okay, now everybody's watching. The thing is, people in Africa, they watch our games, yes, right? Yeah. And... At Cass, like everybody is watching our games. They want to see this arrested from South Africa. Oh, they want to see this girl. Oh, there's a woman. Oh, I can't leave. So you have to prove yourself with Yasmin. I'm not just a woman, I'm a referee. Mm. So everything, we read the same book, we run the, we run the same test. So, um, guys, I'm not just a, a woman, I'm a referee, just like any other person. Right. It's just like, right. You guys always think that my, my decisions, because of, I'm, I'm a woman, are being influenced by my gender, and that is not the case. Yeah, I like that. Well said. <laughs> How do you go home and digest a game? Because if it is on television, do you go back, watch the recording, watch yourself? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm very, I'm very, I'm very hard on myself. I'm very hard on myself. I go home the first, like when I go, when I get to the hotel, first thing I do, I will, I wait so that I can watch for my game. Or if I have a disc, I get to the hotel, play the disc and look at the decisions. And then if I'm happy with the decisions, I'm always not happy. I always ask myself, why? Okay, where's the referee? Where are you? Why are you not here? Why are you? So I would always be so crucial. I would always be so critical of myself. You know what? 
I think you should be moving this way. Okay, I think you are very far. I think you need to be there. Okay, this was supposed to be a foul. You didn't see that. So I'm very hard on myself. Mm. I love self-assessment so that when my assessment comes, I can just take my self-assessment, compare it to the assessment that I've been given by the commissioner so that I can be better tomorrow. Yeah. So, yes, I do that a lot. Well, we are going straight to the lines now. There are a few questions for you on our WhatsApp number. If you want to ask Akona Makalima a question, go ahead. You can do so on 060-584-2250 as we now go through to our WhatsApp line. Good evening, Romy, and good evening to Akona. Uh, you are speaking to Libra here in East London. My question to her is what are her thoughts about the VAR, the Video Assistant Referee, which has caused a lot of confusion and um, controversy around the world. Uh, some calling it uh, as a confusion uh, because, you know, uh, the laws of the game now are not um, properly implemented by the VAR. The other issue is that if an offside, there are those green, red lines, especially in England. We've seen in the Premier League where many coaches are complaining about, about the video assistant referee. And uh, so it's it's really confusing. It's it's very, very confusing. And what are your thoughts? Must the PSL bring it here in South Africa? And what must FIFA you know, do, you know, to fix the VAR so that uh, the confusion around the world stops because a lot of people are confused about VAR and, uh, you know, the the role and some people feel that the VAR takes away the powers of the referee. Thank you very much, Romy. Hi, Romy. Uh, please ask Akona, which player that she always find it uh, difficult to deal with the player that is always tricky on the field of play only to find that maybe she made the decision on to find that she has made the wrongful decision and again if it happens that she gave uh, a ruling that is not correct against the particular player after seeing the videos and stuff how does she react to the particular player that was involved a big thank you for those questions that have come through. Akona Makalima is on the line. You can squeeze in your questions. I'm just about okay. wrapping up with her. But 0605842250 is our WhatsApp number, 0891102000. Akona, so Libra is saying VAR. Is that okay. taking your job away from you? No, absolutely not. Uh, VAR is there to assist the referees, but remember the referee, takes the, the referee is the one who will take the final decision. Mm-hmm. It doesn't force you to do anything. It will suggest you that something has happened and therefore you need to check. And then you will go back and check. You still have to make the decision. But the VAR doesn't force you to make the decision. And the, in, the VAR, if, 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 if it is implemented correctly, mm-hmm. you would say that VAR is future. VAR, VAR is there to stay. And let us not watch VAR. Isn't it time-wasting? That stuff. Don't you hey? see it as time-wasting? There, like, there is like short period of time that you have to intervene. That there is short period of time that you need to go and look at the VAR. But you, there is another amount of time that you need not to ex- to exceed. So VAR is not the the, the the problem with the people with people is that they think that VAR is there to look at gray areas. If, if there is if there are gray areas, the VAR also doesn't know mm. right? Mm. Because look at the if the angle is not good, the VAR also also will not correct. See. Yeah. Remember yeah. that those are the people that are looking at it, even the cameras. Sometimes an incident might happen in an area, a crucial area where the camera doesn't give 
good information. And now remember, the people that are sitting there, VAR, VAR are referees. So if whatever that is feeding the VAR is not in a good position, remember, they cannot cover all the fields. So if there is a green, if there is a gray area, the VAR doesn't know the decision. Mm-hmm. So if VAR deals with decisions that are blatant, decisions that are clear, and it's just that you did not see them, and then they will say, hey, come see this. Mm-hmm. Then when you see it, we will say, okay, that was a handball, and therefore you give. If it's not clear whether the hand was in a natural position or it was not in a natural position, even VAR doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next sure. question was a player um, that you have had trouble with mm-hmm. i don't hold i don't hold grudges against players a player that did something this week i cannot look for that on the coming week or the next time i i come up with you or if ever maybe i made a, an incorrect decision against the player let's say i've never i've never had a situation where i give a player a red card and he was not supposed to be red carded okay or i give a player a yellow card that was not are supposed to be yellow carded. So sometimes referees, we are also coaches. Like we tell players that, listen, if you keep simulating, even if when you are fouled, I won't know, mm. right? Just play it safe. Mm. Mm. Because now remember, our job is also to protect the safety of players. Now when you keep when you keep uh, pretending like you are being fouled, sometimes I would see that you are this thing that you are doing, you were not even fouled. Now you do that again, right? Yeah. When even now when you are being fouled, I would think that no, you were simulating. Mm, mm. You understand? So now we you are taking the beauty of football away from us and now we are now looking at fouls or we are now looking at something that was not even there. Now the next thing, when we give you a card for 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 for, 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 for deceiving the referee, you the other people would not know why I'm giving you a card. And it is in the law that if you are deceiving the referee so that it can benefit you, that is a real card. Mm. Mm. So, right. so no grudges, and that is the yellow card. and that is the way you go. Because right, uh, one you're only as good as your last game, and yeah. the next game is fresh. You cannot be carrying <laughs> any baggage uh, yeah. to the next game. Akuna, yeah. what do you think? What do you think of 2020? Where we are? What's happening the world over? Um, and just the time lost in football. What is your opinion? Oh my goodness, I feel like uh, it's crazy, Yeromi. I don't want to lie. I feel like, um, okay, obviously we are being delayed and everything is just taking us a little bit back. Uh, but at some point, I feel like there is um, this thing. Nobody has control over it. We don't have control over the COVID. We don't know when it's going to end. We didn't even see it coming. Mm. Um, so I feel like we just need to wait and see when things are get ready and when people uh, when people are going to say to be safe or we go back to our football when everything is safe. I believe that we all want to go back to football. We all want our normal life. But I feel like we need to go back when everything is safe and when everyone is safe. And you know what? I know this thing is frustrating everyone, but out of out of this uh, lockdown and COVID, I've really learned patience. I never used to chew. I never. I just don't have patience when it comes to long chews or chewing or whatever. Mm, mm. But the beauty of the lockdown it taught me patience. Now I'm very patient. Yeah, I used yeah, not to be yeah. patient. Someone else so is patient. Is someone yeah. from Arcadia? It is Ludwig uh, in Arcadia who wants to ask you a question. You're live on the air. Go ahead. Hello, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Our corner's listening. I'm fine. You're speaking to Ludwig and son. I'm calling from Arcadia. That's right. Mm-hmm. Your question. 
I, I just wanted to ask Akona because I, I, I'm going to a women's support club, so I, I even promote some of the ladies to become coaches and referees. Mm-hmm. So how did it come for, for her to, be, to have the love of um, becoming a, a referee? Thank you so much, uh, Ludwig, there. We have yeah. answered that question already in the beginning, but your love goes back to the age of 14, taking that diversion, having plan B become plan A. But maybe more yeah. importantly, what advice would you give Ludwig, uh, who is empowering women in football, as to how do they, how do you tap into refereeing as opposed to becoming a player? Okay, cool. Yeah, you know what, uh, Romita, uh, Romy, uh, all, all uh, referees, they belong in their LFAs. So um, I'm not sure if they want to be referees or they want to start being referees and stuff like that. I didn't really get his question. Mm-hmm. But if they want to to start wrestling in Pretoria, um, they need to go to the LFA in Pretoria or Safa Twani. Um, and then when they, then they get there, I'm sure they, there's somebody in there. I just cannot remember the people that work in the Safa Twani. Um, so they go to the LFA. If they see a match official or whoever in the LFA, they must go talk to those referees and they would tell them which LFA they belong to and which region they belong to. And then there, there's forever training that are going on. There's forever workshops that are going on. Mm-hmm. The South African Football Association, now they have the National League and they are looking for female referees. Yes. So the opportunities are there, they are endless. Um, they just need to go to Safa Twane or the region. They must look for that. Uh, if they see a metro official in the field, they must just approach that metro official and, uh, and then they must tell them that, hey, we have these five girls that want to start wrestling. Where can we go? I know a ref- all wrestlers that will give them correct information as far as uh, development is concerned. That's good to know. What is on your bucket list? What are you working on? Um, what is the next step for Akona Makalima in her refereeing career? For me to go very far in the World Cup, in the CAF, I need to start and be like working hard at home. So I'm working very hard to be the rest of the season, 2020, 2021. <laughs> I'm working to add that. I also want to work very hard and officiate the daddy and one of the finals in the middle. So, yeah, I know I have plans. I know I already been at CAF. Um, but for me, for me to excel out of the country, I need to start at home. So that is my plan. And I know that you will succeed at that plan. Akona, thank you. Thank you for sharing your time with us here on Radio 2000. And I hope to see you on the touchline sooner rather than later. Thank you so very much, Rami, for having me. Please be safe. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to see you too. You and I have <laughs> I a date still you. pending. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we see each other soon. Thank you so much. Stay safe too. Akona Makalima there just chatting to us. Uh, referee and very few female referees in the country. I mean, what else is left to say other than who runs the world?